Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited, excited. And uh, Lauren, you were... The Lord's helping me out today. I tell you, I'll just tell you, one of the scriptures I've been sharing, Romans 8, 14, and the passion, it says the uh, mature sons and daughters are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So we're trying to live in the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you're preaching a message, sometimes the hardest thing is, what do you preach? What's the message? And that can be half the battle. And then you find out what that is, then you got to figure out what to say. And this week, I, I had three or four messages going on. And this message I'm going to share, I've shared before. I have a file, and I have notes on this message. And I went to my office. It wasn't there. I went to my storage shed. It wasn't there. I went to my my house, at, my place at home, and a couple places. I, you know, I'm a pat rat with, pack rat with paper. Lindy said, amen, and it was nowhere to be found, and so Saturday morning at 7 o'clock, I'm in my chair working, okay, God, it's getting a little late, 7 a.m. Saturday morning, you don't know what to preach, you feel the pressure, the weight, and in uh, 10 minutes, every main point of that message came back, flooded back in memory. Isn't that cool? And in my study, I came across a verse that I want to share with you just as before the message gets going here. And I shared it in the break there that joy is the serious business of heaven. And the Lord speaks to us through divine coincidence. It was interesting. The very first song was all about joy. You are my delight. Now, most of, if you're, in, in my work, I'm, I'm kind of a grinder. I'm kind of a get it done, serious, task-oriented, focused. So that, ver, that, that C.S. Lewis quote is very convicting to me. Because we think in, in Western culture, get the job done, and after work, you can have fun, you can be creative, you can have some joy, you can let your hair down. But joy is the serious business of heaven. And Jesus carried more joy than all the rest. And one-third of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So the Holy Spirit's saying, I want you to change the way you think. You live in an upside-down kingdom. It's not the world you live in. He did more by accident in joy than we do seriously on purpose. And the same will be true today, amen? He speaks in divine coincidence. And it's just uh, beautiful how he'll, he'll do that. Even uh, in messages, uh, it's 11-11, that's always a good time for me. Uh, even the art, he speaks in divine coincidence. 
my favorite testimony on healing is related to this picture. And she had no way of knowing. And I feel like the Lord is uh, just reviving kind of our, we, we've never lost our heartbeat for healing here, but, but I think he wants to revive it with energy. And I, I sense that today is the beginning of that. Our team going to Mexico is the second stage of that. And the conference that we're going to have with Randy Clark on healing and impartation is the third stage of that. We have a three-month process. If you'll enter in, God will revive healing in our lives, in your life, in our corporate life. It's going to happen. You watch. And so I'm going to change the message a little and tell you about this. My favorite healing testimony happened in Mexico. We have a team going to Mexico. Think about the honor. We're going to a conference where Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, and Randy Clark are speaking. Can you think of three other names on the planet in the area of healing you'd rather be at? And our team has the honor to be the ministry team to pray at the end of services. It's an honor. And so those that are going on that team, as I share this testimony, I, this is going to be a little different. I just want them to stand where they're at, and receive this testimony. And as I'm sharing the testimony, you just, under your breath, in your spirit, be praying for them, preparing them, reminding yourself to undergird them as they go. They represent you, and they can bring something back. We can bring something back special. And I'm standing with them. I'm on that team. So if you're on that team, would you stand as I share this testimony? Yes. So I'm standing with them. Jose was in this park in Mexico near uh, Puerto Vallarta. And instead of a basket of flowers, he had a 14-inch by 14-inch piece of plywood. That plywood held fruit, corn and potatoes and tomatoes. That was his business, that 14-inch square piece of plywood where he sold fruit. And our team was in the park inviting people to come. That night, we had a tent set up in this huge park, and we were having a healing tent. And so we were just asking people to come, and on our team, there were, but this is all students, school of ministry students from Bethel, and three or four warm, hugging girls came up to his, his little bike, and we started to love on him and buy his fruit. And we were generous, and we were paying too much money for his fruit because we're a generous people, right? And we were just loving on him. And, and so that night he came with his wife. It was so cool. It was a tent about half the size of this room. We had about 15 teams, two Bethel students and an interpreter. And people were lined up outside. There, there were chairs, and they were just waiting. It was almost like a doctor's office. They were waiting to come in for their healing. 
And he came in, and I didn't know it because he was on a bike, but he came in on a cane, and he came in with his wife on his arm. And he came to me and the young girl who was on my team, an interpreter, and his name was Jose, and he came with two bad knees and a bad back. And we prayed for Jose, and he was so excited when he got healed that he began to run to one end of the tent, and he would start doing deep knee vents. And then he would run to the other tent, and he was just so excited that he got healed, and he hadn't been able to do this so long. He had a cane, and he's running back and forth. But his wife was another matter. And she was um, tormented by the devil, and her her um, her head was like it was almost felt like it was sewed to her shoulder, and her face was kind of tortured looking, almost hard to look at. As we prayed for her, not much happened. And then we began to ask her about her past. And as it came out, there was some unforgiveness with her family. And we walked her through a little mini deliverance, sozo, as she began to forgive her family. We began to pray again. And her head began to rise. And we pray again, and her head would rise. And the distorted face changed in front of my very eyes. And I literally took a step back. It's like, she's a beautiful woman. And 10 minutes or so of prayer had just begun to rise, and her countenance began to change. And she was transformed by the healing power of Jesus. Jose left the tent that day, and his, I'll never forget, his cane was over his shoulder, like the back of it had the long part. And on his arm was his new, healed, delivered, beautiful wife. Amen. This piece of art was the Lord's way of saying, I want you to share that testimony today of Jose and his bike. Lauren was sharing how that verse about 18 years ago, these signs will follow those who believe. I stood in front of our church, Peace Tree Christian Fellowship, one of the elders, and I just said, I hate this verse. I don't like it. These signs will follow. They'll heal the sick. Cast out demons. They'll. I said, these signs aren't following me. I need to change me or my doctrine. You ever have a heart cry or a prayer that you just know gets through the roof and actually gets heard by heaven? This one did. It's like the heart cry, like, this isn't okay. And I can trace dominoes back 
in my life that go back to that moment that were life-changing. Bill, Someone giving me Bill's book, our opportunity to go sit on a beach and read it for a week, a conference that came to Atlanta, us going to a conference in Reading, God supernaturally inviting us to a school of ministry, all these events to that heartfelt cry. You're here this morning because of that heartfelt cry on that verse. This church exists out of that domino of effects. There are no accidents in heaven. There's something for you today in this message, in this worship. No accidents. No accidents that that piece of art was drawn by Laura Fellner today. So what is it? You, the hungry ones, get to hear, well, God, what are you saying to me? I learned this week, I, I should know this, but that, that verse is in Mark, Mark 16, 17. Anyone know what the next verse is? That's when Jesus was taken up into heaven. Like, I didn't know it was his last words. You know, words mean things. First words mean things. Last words mean a lot of things. It adds importance to me. Like, that's the last thing he said. These signs will follow. So it means something. So I'm going to walk you through this message is entitled Healing for Everyone Today. It's for everyone. And it's for today. And so I'm going to walk, this will be part testimony, it'll be part teaching, it'll be part encouragement and exhortation, and it will be part show and tell. Jesus was a show and tell preacher, right? Amen? So he healed all. Uh, if you ha have a Bible, please open it. I hope you bring a Bible or uh, have access to your phone and open that up. Matthew 4.23. I'm going to make a case that all are to be healed. That there's no back door in this church on healing. 4.23. There are many verses like this. If you Google just Jesus healing all, you'll find many verses. This is interesting that that's not what I was looking for. Go to Matthew 8, uh, Matthew 8, 16. If someone sees what I'm missing, let them know. <clears throat> Sorry, I hit the wrong verse. Let's go Matthew Four twenty-three. Jesus was going about in all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Amen? Okay, every disease, every sickness. And then pop over to 8.16 real quickly. 8.16. And they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread Jesus is aware of this. Uh, 
and I apologize, that's not where I was looking for, but there's many verses where Jesus healed every single disease. Thank, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, uh, my, my computer keeps popping over to Matthew. I am technologically challenged here. Thank you all. Now when the evening came, they brought him to many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were ill. This happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet would be fulfilled. He himself took our illnesses and carried our diseases. Where in Isaiah is that? Anyone know what chapter? 53, thank you. He bore all our diseases. He bore our sicknesses. Prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus that he carried our sicknesses. Now, one of the most incredible ones is Psalm 105, 37. So in Psalm 105, a lot of, lot of chapters in Psalms. Then he brought the Israelites out with silver and gold, and among his tribes was not one who stumbled. Other verses say there was not one feeble among them. In another place, they said there were 600,000 men. We estimate that that was two to three million men, women, and children came out of Israel. Not one was feeble among them. Is that amazing? Under an inferior covenant. You know, our new covenant's even better of grace. And an, under an inferior covenant, three million people all healed. Think about the life. That they're, they're slaves. They're working in the heat. It's been generations. There's no health care. There's no time off. Think about how broken and hurting they must have been. So how did they get healed? How did, when did it happen? This is the exodus out of Egypt, right? This is Moses bringing the people out of Egypt. This is the end of the ten plagues. Remember the first plague, the river of blood? Remember the frogs, the second plague? This is the end of the ten plagues. And the tenth one, where the Pharaoh's heart hardened, 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 God giving every opportunity to repent, every opportunity to let my people go, every opportunity. And after the tenth, the angel of death bringing the firstborn son throughout Egypt was going to die that night. And God made a provision, didn't he? He made it with the Passover. They were instructed to take a perfect lamb of God. They were taking a lamb, and they were sacrificing the lamb. They were taking the blood, and they were putting it over their doorframe. And that was the protection where the angel of death would pass over. That's where we get the word Passover. It would pass over their household. And their firstborn was saved. They would take the lamb that was slain. They, they roasted it. They had a barbecue. 
the family came together and they were eating. I want to take you there. Imagine. Can you let your imagination and mind go to that moment? You're with your family. It feels like a Christmas dinner or a Thanksgiving dinner. You're gathered around. There had to be wailing in the city as moms and dads would find a firstborn son dead. It's intense. You're living in a different kingdom, a different follower. You're a different person. You're, it's weird. You just killed an animal. You're putting blood. And the angel of death is passing over, and your firstborn son is sitting there. You're, you're eating this lamb. Three million people that night eating the lamb. And as they're eating, disease is falling off the entire nation of Israel. Someone in your family is infirmed. Someone in your family is hurting. Someone in your family needs healing. And in that moment, the lamb represented by Jesus Christ being taken in. See the connection with communion? We in the church miss the connection with the old Passover feast and the communion table. The Last Supper was a Passover Seder. Jesus was sitting over at a Passover meal, taking the bread. Hey, this is my body. In 1 Corinthians, it says Jesus is our Passover Christ. This is our birthright in healing. Like, I, this verse, this whole piece was so instrumental. Like, God, you want everyone to be healed. It is your will that we're all healed. That sacrifice on the cross was more than just get to heaven. The word sozo, we talk about sozo. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a really wonderful deliverance ministry. The word sozo is a Greek word in the Bible. It's in the Bible 111 times. And if you go into your Strong's Concordance, it won't take you long Googling it, you'll find it 111 times in the Bible where sozo is the word salvation. But sozo means more than just go to heaven. First verse I ever learned as a 17-year-old kid, Romans 10.9, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with all your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be sozoed, saved. You will be saved. Saved. Sozo means saved, healed, and delivered. What he did on the cross was more than your go to heaven. It was more than get out of jail free card. It is saved, healed, and delivered. And so I just needed these things as I was on my journey, like 
my journey from these signs aren't following me to they do follow me, this is part of my journey. Like, I needed to change the way I think. You know, our culture isn't designed to think around healing the way we do around salvation going to heaven. Now, let me demonstrate it this way. If at the end of the service we had a salvation call, come get saved, come see John and get saved, he'll walk you through. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if a young man who had been in jail, who had been tried for murder, walked down this aisle at the end of service, we would rejoice because we would know the blood of Christ was sufficient for him to be forgiven, to be saved, to be just like one of us, that he wasn't coming worse, he wasn't going to be better, he wasn't going to be second class. He got, the blood was shed for him, salvation was all for him, and we're excited. Young man comes down, stage two cancer, and honestly, we all feel slightly different. We're not 100% sure he's going to get healed. We know he's getting saved. We're not quite sure about this guy. We hope he gets healed. We want him to get healed. Same sacrifice, same sozo. Our culture has been embedded with the salvation message beautifully. I'm not knocking this. It's been wonderful. It's wonderful that we think this way. It is kingdom way of thinking. It's right. It's beautiful. It's heaven. But there have been millions of teachings and millions of altar calls that have sunk into our ground, sunk into our atmosphere, sunk into our way of being, sunk into us generationally, that we get that way. It's a good thing. We just haven't had the million teachings like this and the million altar calls and the million examples of people getting healed. We're a little behind. It's not less true. You and I are the ones that have to change the way we think. Repent, change the way we think so that it becomes in our culture that our children and our children's children grow up with a different culture. Amen? So we're just breaking some ground. It's harder to pastor a church where you say healing's for everyone all day long, today, because you have to deal with some disappointment because we're breaking ground. That's just the fact. Most of the church has lowered their theology to meet their experience. We're holding on to let's raise our experience to meet our theology. It's harder. It's harder to pastor. It'd be much easier if I said, well, if it was God's will, 
I'm off the hook. I'm just telling you like it is. I'm off the hook. Must not have been God's will. So I can push to another day something I'm not responsible to carry today. Just push it in the forward. I'm off the hook. It's harder to pastor this because I'm carrying three or four people today in my heart that, that aren't healed yet, and I am preaching a message on it's for today. It's not, and we have to live in the tension, in the waiting, or we'll never change that culture. It's harder but it's worth it for Jose. <laughs> it's worth it. It's totally worth it for him and for you and for me and my family. The ministries, I noticed, the ministries and the denominations that have no back door see healing. What do I mean by back door? Well, it's God's will, it's not for everybody. The ones that just say, it's for today. I read the scripture. I believe it's for today. I believe it's for everyone. When they stand on no back door, they see healing. The people I know, the churches I know, the denominations I know that have some back door don't see any healing. Zero. Maybe, maybe just crazy something happens once in a while, but... Not part of their life. It's just an observation. So we tell testimonies. The root Hebrew word of testimony, I do, in it embedded is do it again. In the very root of the word is the thought, do it again. I, I heard Chris Valentin share this. It was so, so memorable to me. The, you know the verse, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I think of healing as like there are a hundred keys. There are a hundred gold keys to healing in the spirit. And we're just discovering more and more keys. Maybe the church here has 20 of the keys of healing. When we get 30, 40, 50, 100, th this will feel the same. Maybe you'll discover one of the keys. Maybe you'll get hungry enough that you find a key. And so one of the keys, in my opinion, is this verse, the spirit of uh, Testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy. As you testify Jesus, do it again. See, prophecy is, is it, one of the aspects of prophecy is forthtelling, proclaiming, forthtelling. And we describe it as, as you're forthtelling. You're creating a bridge by which grace can come down my arm. I love this demonstration. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophesy. As I'm prophesying, 
of God's goodness. Grace is coming down and entering the room as I share the prophecy to allow God to do it again. Grace is the operational power of God by which something can happen now that grace showed up that could not happen one second ago before it did. Because how does it happen? Like what's happening in the spirit realm when you share a testimony and God does it again? So my example of this is in our old church. There was a, it was a small church, 100 people or so, and, and there was often an open mic time. And I noticed, and Lindy and I were going to the school ministry, and we'd come back on weekends off and come to the church, and two people got up and talked about a wrist that there was some testimony about a wrist. And God speaks in divine coincidence, Right? And I thought, okay, that's a divine coincidence. I'm just, so I just popped up and said, I have a word of knowledge. Does anyone have a wrist problem? And way at the back, the late, great Don Lewis raised his hand. He was a carpenter, a master carpenter. He said, I, I can't even lift my toolbox. My wrist is hurting so bad. So we prayed for him. We couldn't really tell if anything happened. But three or four days later, we got word back he had been healed. Woohoo! Yay. You know, wrist, you know, it's kind of a, not a high-level healing, I guess. But if you're a carpenter and that's your job, it's a pretty high-level healing. So we're in a small group that week, and a young man, Joel Capshaw, did he work for you? He worked as an electrician with, with John Donaldson, and I shared this testimony, and he said, you know, I've been pulling this cable, you know, these big spools of cable and wire. When you're wiring a house, you're just having to pull spools of cable. Can you imagine having a bad wrist and having to do that a thousand times in a day? It's got, it hurts every time. He said, pray for me. Okay, and we prayed for him, and I just had a sense like, if you'll be joyful, here's that joy thing again, if you'll be joyful while you do it, I believe God will heal you. He got healed that day. Huh, do it again. When Lindy and I were in the school, we had a chance to go travel with Bill a couple times, and the students would get to stand at the end of a healing service and give a word of knowledge. I wasn't getting words of knowledge like some of the other students. Like they'd get a, they'd feel a pain, or they'd feel, they'd see something, or they'd feel, they'd get a verse. Or I would get up there and I'd get nothing, like blank screen, nothing. And we're in this big church in Australia. There are a thousand people in the room, and they're coming down the row, and I'm getting nothing. Paid a lot of money to be there <laughs> under the anointing of a great healer. Nothing. Nothing. Pressure. You know, he speaks to us in different ways, right? I don't necessarily see angels yet like Blake does. But I don't devalue the way he speaks to me. 
and how he speaks differently to you. It's all beautiful. And so he began to, he began to speak to me like in a, a file or in the old days a Rolodex of healings that I'd been a part of or seen and I would just have one come to remembrance or be highlighted. And that was the way he began. And so as it got closer, I remembered this one. And both were men. Both were in construction in the trades. And so my word of knowledge was there's a man in the trades, right wrist. One man out of a thousand raised his hand. Okay, God. And I would go, when we broke out to prayer, I would go run, find them, because I felt like, well, if the person gave the word, it might bring more faith. But really, I was in school. I need to see if it works. <laughs> and as I went up to him, he said, you won't believe. The moment you said the word, my arm went on fire. So we've shared, whenever I talk about testimony, I share this testimony. It's a testimony that proves the testimony. It's a story that proves the point. Mike in pre-service prayer told me, he came in the church 10, 10 years ago. I was preaching about this topic. Seven people's wrists got healed in that meeting. Yours was? Tracy's, yours was th that day? Tracy was one of the, one of the seven. I, I was going to tell you 14 or 15 people have been healed off this testimony. I think it's more than that because I wasn't counting the seven th that day. It's so cool, isn't it? It's a key. It's one of a hundred keys. So does anyone have a wrist that's hurting right now? John, stand, if you do, stand. Go ahead. Anybody who has a wrist, please stand. Okay, extend your hands if you would, everyone. God, your word says do it again. Do it again. Grace, grace, grace. Be healed in Jesus' name. Let the wrist be healed. Arthritis go. Stress go. Ligaments healed. Swelling go. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. So the four of you, tr just try to aggravate it a little bit. Does anyone, anyone feel anything? Don't, don't ever... Give me a courtesy. We don't need that. Like, tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Any breakthrough anywhere? I've set this up pretty big, so it would be helpful. <laughs> Spent a lot of time on the setup here. <laughs> No back doors. There you go, Troy. There's no back door to healing. There's no back door to healing.
Amen. Well, this would be one of the first if it didn't happen, but it will happen. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Okay. Is it awesome? Is it 70% better? 20% better? 100% better? 70%? Well, we'll take that. Well, you know, Jesus, uh, there was a time when Jesus prayed a second time. So we, we, we do that all the time. So, Lord, we just say more for all five. More, God. Grace, grace, grace. And we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So here's what I want to do. Um, the team that's going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. I haven't warned anybody. You're going to come up and do a word of knowledge, just like school of ministry. So come on up. Here we go. We don't have time for preaching, teaching, preamble, anything. Just give the word of knowledge. So here we go. God's going to heal today. Amen. God's healing today. Here you go, David. Starting with you, big man. So... It's funny because when I walked into church today, I just saw someone's eyes just being just being blockaged. So if that's you, I just want to pray for your eyes. If your eyes are closed, like you just can't see anymore, if your eyes are closed, I'd like to pray for you. Amen. So the way we'll administer this is if, if the word of knowledge is for you, just stand and we'll wait and we'll pray at the end for everyone, okay? So is that for anyone? Okay, wonderful. Okay, Tracy. Um, I'm going to give a word of knowledge about a right knee because my right wrist got healed the very first Sunday I ever came to Bethel and had never even heard that God was still healing on the earth. And I was sitting in my seat and I, when he asked people to stand, I did not stand. And I heard the Lord say, oh, you don't want your wrist healed? And I was like... Well, so I stood, and then later that day, my wrist was healed. So a few weeks later, our daughter fell, and her leg swelled up like huge. She was supposed to have a date with David that night, and I was, and he was like, we've got to go to the hospital. And I was like, well, or we could pray and see what happens. And we prayed, and her swelling went down. She's running around the living room. So those are our two, like where we physically, when we first started believing in healing and that God does that. So does anybody have any right knee problems? Um, does anyone have any deafness, partial deafness, or full deafness in their right ear? Okay. Okay. As Steve asked, um, I just heard right elbow. So a lot of the right side of things. Anybody got a right elbow injury to your right elbow? There we go. There we go. Uh, does anybody have any gallbladder issues or stomach issues, like pain? Go ahead and stand up if you do, please. This is going to sound a little different, but um, healing, healing can blow you away. It's amazing. Um, but there's this thing about connection and brokenheartedness. 
then I think God wants to get you. <laughs> I think he wants to heal your broken heart. And um, it's going to open up a door, and it's going to open up a heaven, and it's going to connect you with a father like you've been looking for for a long time. So if you feel like you've got a broken heart that's keeping you from connecting, please stand up. Yeah, so last week I prayed for Tabitha, for her back, and your back was healed, right? And so uh, I didn't know what to pray. I often don't know what to pray when we're praying for healing, so I just used a Blake Healy trick of the turn to the left. I do that a lot for backs. Just make sure you go lefty-loosey, right? Like, that's the rule. Don't go the other direction, so... We did, we did Lefty Lucy, and it, and it, and it healed. So we'll, we'll do that today, too, for, for lower back pain. If anybody's experiencing that, you can stand. Um, uh, anxiety, hearts, um, just balled up anger that you don't know what to do with it. Um, you don't have a place to do it. I, I trapped as well. Um, just kind of stuck in a circumstance. Um, yeah, that's, uh, honestly for me a lot right now. So I'm going to take it. Thanks. When I walked in this morning, I felt like a pain in my head. And so I feel like it's like, um, see, there's something going on with your brain. Like, um, maybe it's undiagnosed or maybe it's, um, mental health, mental, um, issues, but I felt like pain in, in your head. That's anybody. Okay, so 30 or 40% of us are standing, so here's what we're going to do. Um, just, we're going to ask you to raise your hand, and then everyone who's sitting is going to help us be the prayer team. If you have to go get kids in a minute, just uh, get healed and then go get your kid quickly. You can run, dance, and leap for joy on your way to get your kids, and then... So uh, the one sitting will be, and we'll just take, it won't take long, three or four minutes, and then we'll close the service, and hopefully at the, uh, and if you have a healing testimony, just come, come up front and just let someone know. Maybe we'll, we'll figure out a way to let people know. Maybe it will be next week or something, but um, amen. So raise your hand, leave it up until someone comes to you. Please don't, people really be sensitive. I don't want someone not being prayed for. Keep it raised up really high. And Okay, and if y'all will leave your seats now and go find them, keep your hand raised high, please. Okay, okay, if you're sitting, you're the prayer team. So if you're sitting, please go find someone with their hand raised up. Lend your strength. If you're sitting, please go find someone whose hand is raised you get enough people praying for you, you can drop your hand. I see several people at the back with their hand raised in the sound booth. Please go find them. Gentlemen in the yellow, we, we, need, some, we need some more prayer partners, please. Shandalos. 
Hey, Ron, aren't you, aren't you? <clears throat> Young lady over here needs a prayer team. for her too. Okay. He's going to pray for you too. You're the God who heals. The God who heals. Healing head, pain, anxiety, depression, the washing water of the word over your brain. Grace, grace, grace. Shandalada see. Sandabadianda lada soda badianda lada sanda. Outbreak of healing in Jesus' name. Shandalada see. Andalada sanda. The God who heals. The God who invades the impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Opening ears right now. Opening ears, deaf ear. Ringing ears. Someone's bending down and back's being healed right now. He's be they're bending down, stretching, clear minds. Minds being cleared. The heart to stop drinking right now. And a clear mind coming from stopping drinking. Alcoholism being broken in Jesus' name. Grace, grace, grace. Faith to invade the impossible right now. Faith rising in the room. God's the healer. The Lamb of God. By his stripes we are healed. If there's been a breakthrough, come to the front. We'll share a testimony or two. Shandalada see the God who heals. Grace, grace, grace. Shandalada see. Sora badianda lada sanda. Siandalada see. See some love happening. Some hugs and loves. Hey, young man. If you've seen a breakthrough, would you raise your hand? If anyone who's had a, okay, I see. Awesome. 
Chuck, what's happened? Come on up and share. Any breakthroughs over here? So I had a problem with my thumb um, where it was just really sore when I use it for things, use it certain ways. And um, when you talked about wrist, I thought, well, it's not exactly wrist. So I didn't stand up. But I've been working it, and it's it feels a lot better now. Good. So Good. thanks. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Okay, anyone else want to testify real quick? We're going to close in a second. Whoever's closing the service, come on up. If you'll just bring those testimonies, God will just kind of be, begin putting it in the ground, sharing your testimonies. Troy, you have a testimony? <laughs> I can't give it. I cry every time I try to say something. Come on, Troy. You got it. My brother just prayed for my knees, and I know they're getting better. Uh, my Both knees are bone on bone, so renew the cartilage and renew everything that's this arthritic uh, in my body. Uh, like I said, there ain't no back door. <laughs> no back door. Amen. Amen. Good, good, good. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.